1: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa Play Sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. On the Memphis Tigers Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College. This is inside Memphis Athletics,
0: the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Now, here's Jeff Brightwell.
2: Today we're joined by Sean Burnett, volleyball coach at the University of Memphis. Coach, as we get it started here, let's just kind of get down to it. Five years down, hard to believe uh, it's already year number six for you?
1: Yeah, it goes quick and excited to get into uh, season number six here and looking forward to the fall season.
2: Before we get into how things are going to go this fall and everything and talk about some exciting things at the Finch Center, when you look back, because five years is a good segment to kind of look on landscape of college athletics, obviously has changed. We'll talk about that a little bit. But in five years here at the program, you, you have built. It's, it's been, of course, you probably would like it to be expedited a little bit quicker, but you look at your season progressions. They've grown each year up to 19 overall uh, through five years. Your, your kind of observations and, and your thoughts on the state of the program.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, a kind of sometimes a slow grow in terms of not only the, the wins, uh, but also your facilities and trying to do things the right way. And, and at the end of the day, we want to get it right uh, the first time so we're not having to come back and uh, redo things or rethink things. So uh, extremely pleased as we head into this fall season, uh, both uh, with our personnel, but then also um, some of the, the potential personnel coming um, into the new recruiting process for us uh, as we step into a new recruiting cycle.
2: A lot of things go into that that five-year build so far of the program. Obviously, it's all going to be bottom line, come down to wins and losses at the the end of the day. But things around the program, when you came here, you know, they gave you the option. You want to stay in the field house. You want to move into the fence center when that is vacated, make it volleyball only. Your choice was to have a volleyball only arena. Very few few schools. That's an advantage. Have volleyball only arena. You don't have to share it with anybody. You got locker rooms and all that good stuff. Uh, And again, in facilities, You want it all done at once. But as we progress, you you have made it a really neat place to play over there for fans to go watch a really cool environment. And we're about to talk here in a second about what's coming next over there.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's an experience, and, and that's certainly an environment we want to build. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, having your own facility is unbelievable. And, and having everything there for your student-athletes as well, and, and not having to go to a bunch of different buildings and facilities, so having everything in-house, having athletic training in-house, and a full-time athletic trainer uh, is huge, because not everybody gets that. So uh, to be able to leave the nets up and have competition here, um, you know, and, and be able to sell out. Is yeah. just is just phenomenal. So we're we're excited for this fall season, and as you mentioned, we got some some new new things that our fans will see. Um, so that that is exciting.
2: It's gotta be neat when you bring a recruit in, a potential student athlete, because you tell them look that they've been on recruiting trips and visits to other schools in this process. Probably when they go to schools, they may see an arena with maybe ten thousand seats that they know there's not going to be ten thousand people. It's going to be a big empty arena or there may be 500 or a thousand people here and they know when they go to another school well our practice time is going to get moved around all the time because we're sharing it with women's basketball or men's basketball or maybe even both at that at a point or some school that's got men's volleyball too they know when they come here it's only our practice time it's only our game time it's going to be a raucous environment we play because uh we've talked about a good issue to have you've you've had it Fire marshals had to shut it down and say you're at capacity several times so far. Yeah, and and it's
1: not just you know the basketballs and some with men's volleyball. You also have to contend with gymnastics yeah. and wrestling at some schools. So to be able to leave nets up and have teams practice whenever they want uh, when they come to to visit and play us is is great. You know, at the end of the day to have, a, I would say, an all-inclusive facility is, you know, something that we strive for. And we describe the facility to recruits and people that are coming to visit, and, you know, they're always still, I think, even more surprised at what is entailed in the facility and everything that comes with it. So, um, you know, sometimes it is tough to de- to, sh- to describe to the, the recruits on the phone, but then they get to see pictures and then hopefully see it in person, and it's definitely a wow factor.
2: For your veteran players over the year that have been able to play over there, have you kind of caught? You know, kind of. Uh, I would say it's kind of neat. It would be pretty neat to just catch them hanging out, because as you mentioned, you share arenas and stuff. Practice is over. You got to get out. You got to move. There's a stress level of always having to to go to different places. Uh, I guess there's, there's had to be chance opportunities when you just caught the players hanging out in the lounge, just able to decompress. And, and relax a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great space for them and, and there's so many places that they can go and relax. Um, and there's also nothing better than to kind of move our offices over there and hang out during the day and see people coming and going and getting extra reps in or maybe they're doing some rehab or like you said, just uh, hanging out in the lounge and watching TV or doing homework, things like that. So uh, it, it is a kind of a little home away from home even though most of them live just about two blocks from the facility. Facility.
2: What kind of interactions have you had from alum, whether they played for you or played here recently or maybe played 20 or 30 years ago about when they come over here and just check it out now and go, wow, it's it's pretty neat here's what we we had to deal with and it's pretty neat to where it's come from and I'm sure they're they're really extremely happy for the student athletes to get to play now
1: yeah I think it's extremely exciting there's a little nostalgia there for them that yeah. played in the field house that they, they have a special heart in their place for the field house and you know at the the end of the day just this gives us much more space but they're excited um, we've had a lot come through in the past couple of years and and it really is exciting to see their face and go oh I wish we had this or it's really cool that You have that and uh, at the end of the day it's great to have that you know kind of uh, mentality from your alums and then also what your players are going to leave here with and knowing that they were able to change the program and put a mark on it themselves
2: when you look back at the first five years what are some of the things you you may look back and go i wish we could have accelerated this and where are some things that you know are are here that you thought would not be present whether it's on the court or, or surrounding the program you know, I think that probably the main physical pieces of the facility
1: in terms of uh, changing our, mm-hmm. our floor, which we're in the process of finishing up right now to give us three full courts in the facility instead of uh, two and, you know, allows us to operate and get our positions uh, moved to separate courts and train individually, which is great, you know, down the road, uh, bringing in a video board and then permanent seating are our next two steps there. And, you know, you always, you know, want to get things, you know, done quick. but like I said earlier you want to get it done right and you don't want to have to come back and go oh I wish we would have done more seating or you know change it a couple years down the road I think getting it right the first time is is a big deal and um, I think the great thing here is the collaboration of minds of administration and support staff and everybody having input Uh, we were able to get some input from our, our senior leadership and captains in terms of the the floor and the design and you know we Still want it to be a little bit of a surprise, but definitely took some some input from them. And, you know, at the end of the day, getting something that everybody is going to enjoy and,
2: and uh, be proud to play on. How critical is for you, because you talk about the leadership, to have someone like a, a Lauren Ashwin, your senior women's administrator, and know, Christine Waiter trying to lead the, the, the 901 Women's Initiative here to really have people advocating and fighting for your programs?
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And words really can't describe that to have people in your corner and, and fighting and supporting it. And then, you know, also getting other people to support, uh, whether that's by coming to, to matches, uh, supporting monetarily. There's so many different ways that they can support. And that has grown just so much in the short time the 901 women have uh, been formed. So that, that growth and the, the excitement is building. And uh,
2: I'm looking forward to that through the next couple of years. Year five, you come off nineteen wins, so you're you're getting close. Farted a little bit there, RPI wise, with the with the NVIT. So you're 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 starting to knock on the door.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to win championships. We we want to be in postseason play, and I think you know those are the things that our players have at the top of their list as well. It's it's not just a coaching staff thing. It's a, an entire program thing, and you know what they're doing in the off season and working this summer and then coming back uh, in July one and you know starting to work out with our strength and conditioning staff. You know it all builds towards you know the the full season, but you got to get through pre conference play first. First, then you got your regular season, and then hopefully you've put yourself in a position to be in, in post-conference contention from there. Uh, exciting that we have uh, a new look to the conference, bringing six new teams. And, you know, this year we, we will not have a conference tournament, but we've implemented that for 2024, which is super exciting for a, a student athlete experience uh, and something that they get to, to
2: take away that other sports have that we have not you know previously had something that you've had to deal with that every coach in the ncaa's had to deal with we talk about the ever-changing landscape uh and i'm sure you 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 battle the same advantages and and challenges that every other coach does with transfer portals nil and everything that's gone into the last uh, four or five seasons
1: yeah you know that landscape has has certainly changed Uh, you know we Put in the the transfer portal windows where there's a bigger one after the fall season than a smaller one in the spring, and I think a lot of coaches were unsure what the spring two week window is going to bring. Um, not as much change, uh, I think, as people maybe thought or expected. Uh, so I think maybe that'll balance out. And then you're finishing up here with the, the COVID eligibility as well. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the nil, the name, image, likeness is, I think, an exciting time. Uh, we've got some great opportunities for our student athletes and specifically, you know, volleyball student athletes as well. And it's really what you want to put in and how you want to build your own brand. But uh, some of our players have fully taken advantage of that, and then our department of NIL within the athletics department is is top rate, and you know certainly lending a hand to guiding our student athletes with that.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure everyone, whether it's a coach, a staff, uh, anyone watching, probably probably happy to see here, here this year. I guess it's this year. Maybe maybe it stretches the next year. Those COVID years starting to cycle act it's got to be a point where you're looking at say athlete a thinking I thought they were a junior last year and it's listed as a junior year. <laughs> what class really are they in and it'll kind of get back to a, kind of a normal cycle in college athletics where you you, you've got the uh, the five years to get four years of playing in.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you okay? Is it a senior? Is it a super senior? A rising senior? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you joke around, but we are getting to the end of that cycle. It's you know, seemingly will balance out a little bit more now and get back to your kind of I would say normal sized classes. But I do think that the transfer portal will always have a place for programs to add in pieces of you know maybe some things that they you know lost or if there were injuries and things like that. So. Uh, I think it is good that it is out there and and allows a little bit more transparency in that whole process of being able to, you know, find people that can help your program. But then you've got to do the due diligence Mm -hmm. with uh, high school and club recruiting as well. And you're looking for those players in each cycle that can impact. You know, June 15th, uh, last week, uh, started our new recruiting cycle for the class of 2025 and had some incredible phone calls already with uh, players and trying to get them here to visit. In August.
2: So last year, you come off 19 wins and, and, and being able to do several of your, your matches, you could see okay, here, here's where Sean wanted the program to be. You watch the silo play, you look to the athletes, and as it goes in college athletics, here comes, well, some of those veterans cycle out and you're going to have a whole lot of new faces coming up for year number six.
1: Yeah, we, we've got a few um, for the, for this freshman class. We've also got a uh, transfer in as well and Riley Briggs from Northern Kentucky University. We've got a, a good, solid group of freshmen that are coming in and really have won at a lot of different levels. We've got uh, one player coming in internationally that has won at a high level from Greece and uh, players that have won open national championships. At, at Junior Nationals. So, you know, trying to get them in and get them acclimated this July is, is really big, but I'm excited for our leadership group to kind of take control of uh, all the newcomers and get them situated and, and ready to go through the month of July so when preseason practice hits uh, August 8th that we're, we're ready to go ourselves.
2: When you look at the season coming up with the, the turnover – what are expectations? Because you want to set those expectations. But, of course, as you mentioned, with the newcomers uh, coming in, they've got to get their feet wet at the uh, – a lot of them. Yep. You, as you mentioned, you got transfers. But a lot of these newcomers coming in, it's going to be the first taste of Division One.
1: Yeah, and, and we certainly did not uh, slack off on the scheduling. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Pac-12 teams, ACC teams, MAC teams. Um, you name it, they're kind of everything on our schedule. And um, we don't have the luxury of being home for three out of four tournaments this year. We will be – Two home tournaments and two away tournaments. And I think we've picked uh, some some really good venues to go to. And University of Toledo for our first road tournament, and then follow that up the week after out to the, the University of Washington. And, and, you know, Washington's tournament's going to be very tough. Uh, UNLV and uh, Florida International are going to be there. Toledo's got um, Youngstown State and then Virginia Tech. So, you know, every week in and week out, whether we're home or away, is, is really going to test us. And I think that our incoming players have played at a high enough level that they should hopefully you know somewhat seamlessly kind of blend in and uh work with our returners Uh, i think one of the awesome experiences that a couple of our players had were um Bailey Houlihan and Lauren Robertson being able to go out to the USA Volleyball uh, Collegiate National Team tryouts uh, this past February, and both of them played and participated well and, and showed out well there and ended up on one of the top couple courts. So um, we want to be able to do that and provide that for our student-athletes every year, and you know that was an exciting opportunity to see really where they mm-hmm. blend in and how they compete and compare to other top players in the country. But uh, I'm looking forward to our schedule. I think they're there certainly is uh, some very good competition ahead, uh, but then it doesn't back off once we get into conference with uh, the new look of conference and those six
2: teams coming in. Going back to what you just told me, what feedback did you get from uh, Bailey and Lauren? That's a unique experience. And I imagine when you get out there, you know, it's almost like moving from high school to college. You're kind of the big dog here, and you get out there, and I imagine at first it's exciting, but you're also thinking, wow, everybody is really good here.
1: Yeah, and everybody really is. And I think that's, you know, when they were texting and calling and everything while they were out there, it was a matter of, you know, hey, everybody's good, but we're, we're hanging, we're yeah. competing. And, and I think that was the great eye-opener that will allow them to come back and instill... And the rest of the team and, and bring that forward into this fall season. And, you know, when you can go out and, and play against the best and, and hold your own or even be better than others, that, I think that's, you know, really something to, to be able to take a hold of and then hopefully, you know, share that with everybody else.
2: That's great for you too. I mean, when you're promoting your program, when you're when student athletes are getting fans to come when, when you can put out there on a banner, say, Hey, here's, we had two team USA invitees here.
1: Yeah, and and it's, you know, about giving opportunities, and I think in the recruiting process now, we're seeing more and more players that want to play after they're done with their collegiate career, uh, hopefully professionally, and we've got connections to be able to do that, and um, we've announced a couple new uh, pro volleyball leagues in the United States, and and hopefully they all make it survive and and thrive, because it'd be great to keep our athletes home, but if, you know, they want to go play overseas, there's all kinds of different levels, and you can go over there and have a, an incredible experience, or some people, depending on how good they are, they can go and make some money and come back.
2: How big would it be for for women's volleyball in the states overall, at all levels, to get some pro leagues that could get established? And we know how big you see. The leagues over in Europe, how big they they fill up arenas, they sell out. it is a it is a main sport. It's not yeah. a, a side sport or something like that to do in an off season. It's the it's a main sport to get it to that level. Well, even even with the popularity of women's soccer, they've had to go through a couple of experimental pro leagues. So I think now this this NWSL yeah. has really established something where they're drawing the huge crowds at all their venues. I, I think it's it's
1: really big in terms of role modeling, and I think our our young athletes today. Really, only role model every four years. And it's mm-hmm. when the team goes, the national teams go to the Olympics and then they hear about them. But with pro leagues, hopefully they're seeing them and, and hearing about them all the time and they can role model at a younger age and more often. So I, I think it will only grow the sport um, if we can get these to thrive and, and really make a, a big dent here. But it would be great, um, you know, not only from the, the junior club level, but collegiately for people to aspire to go and play and you know, be here and not have to travel overseas for six to nine months out of the year.
2: Let's go back real quick to your non-conference schedule. You're telling us about uh, you know the strength of schedule with a lot of the P5 teams you're going to play. Is that is that a statement of where you've brought the program, or you think it is now that now you're you're not that you have not had good schedules before, but now you're really highlighting? Hey, we're we're going to get into a lot of these P5 type of uh, tournaments. Get these non-conference games because we need to be thinking about not just winning a league, but can we position ourselves? RPI-wise, strength of schedule-wise for, for potential at-large opportunities. Yeah, there's so many thoughts yeah. that
1: go into that process in terms of scheduling and, and scheduling has probably become become one of the toughest things out there to be honest and you know you're trying to find the right mix you're trying to predict the RPI and you know who's going to do well and at the end of the day you know we had some some great success last year in our uh, pre-conference tournaments going down to uh, to TCU and beating TCU and playing uh, Texas A&M really tough and you know at, at the end of the day we want to provide those opportunities to play the best uh, but then also to travel to places that some of our players have never been to yeah. or may not get another chance to. And, and I think those all go into the scheduling along with the RPI. And then most importantly, the prep for conference. You know, we, we're going to start off uh, conference play at SMU. Um, and that's, you know, something where, you know, you've got to be ready to go on that Wednesday night. And it mm-hmm. happens really just a couple days after your last
2: uh, non conference tournament. Well, you mentioned some of the teams, and we've talked about it, uh, a new-look American conference this year. So, anyway, the question everyone's just going to have is, well, is the conference going to be better, going to be worse? What's the conference going to look like? How does it stack up to the American of the last several years?
1: I think, you know, certainly you've got a very, very tough conference. Even though we lost three teams, we bring six in. And, you know, Rice is probably, I would say, the headliner, a top 25 team, been in the NCAA tournament, uh, been able to, to progress past the first round. And so um, you bring in them, you bring in uh, Texas San Antonio and North Texas, which all those are very strong schools, uh, UAB, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. I mean, it, it's it's a, a growing conference, but there are no give me's at, yeah. at all, and and you've got to be able to go out and compete and prepare um, every night. And you know, we've got two divisions this year. We've got an East and a West, and we fall in the the East side of the conference. And you know, I think when you play in your side of the conference, we're going to play back to back. So you'll play a Friday and Saturday. When you go cross division to the West, then we'll play a Friday and Sunday against different opponents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, similar to last year's schedule and what we've had previously, but then a little bit of nude new look with these back-to-back, playing the same opponent twice in, in one weekend. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited for it, and the, the good news is we'll see everybody twice. Yeah. But it's a, it's a long conference schedule for sure with that big of a, a conference in number of teams.
2: So you basically cycle out the format of the American in the last couple of years, and as you mentioned, and I know you're you're pretty excited because I know you've you've told me we've talked it on interviews in the past. You've been an advocate for it. After this season, going to get that conference tournament back. Yeah. And I know the thought process from some people in the past, where, oh, well, if you had a bubble team and they get bounced in the first round of a conference tournament, they're out. But if you look back at the history of the American, I think it probably prevented sometimes a second or maybe a third team getting into the league because you had no opportunity for a three or a four yeah. or a lower seed to come through and, and, and take that bid and get the extra bid into uh, the NCAA. Yeah, I think first and foremost,
1: uh, having the conference tournament is an incredible student-athlete experience. And that's what so much of today's athletics is all about. And we want them to have that opportunity. And um, it is exciting. And you know, at the end of the day, everybody's got to schedule the right way. Everybody has to win the right matches, you know, to be in that consideration RPI-wise. But I do think the strength of our conference can lend to having multiple bids into postseason play um, and certainly not a one-bid conference. And, you know, you got to take care of your business and you, you got to win matches. Uh, but at, at the end of the season, to have that opportunity, if you are a bubble team, to go, hey, this, this one match can, can put us over the top and, and get us into the tournament. That's exciting.
2: It's also, as you mentioned there, it keeps the competitive nature throughout the whole regular season. The the way it's set up now and was set up. I know it's going out this year. A long conference season. And let's just be frank. If if you're if you're out of it midway through the season and you know you're not gonna finish up there in the top of the league, I don't think you've ever had an issue of getting your team to play hard. But I know there's teams out there that I mean, it, it's not hard to throw on the towel if you've got yeah. 14 matches to go and you know you're just playing out of schedule.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where you've got to find the right motivations, especially if you've lost early and you're, you know, kind of technically out of it. But, you know, what are you playing for? And it's a matter of, you know, sometimes pride. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, looking to get better every time you're out there. But, you know, with that conference tournament on the horizon, it does give you something in, in terms of the light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, and I think that that's what's really exciting. And, and the student-athletes wanted this. This is, you know, something that they really really push for on their end which is exciting that they can have that voice and be able to make things happen.
2: I just think naturally whether it's club volleyball it doesn't even matter what sport it is whether it's uh, club sports high school sports youth level in any sport you're just ingrained at least here in the states you play a regular season to get seeding in, yeah. in a postseason tournament <laughs> and have a championship, yeah, Ab- yeah.
1: absolutely. And that, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's exciting. Um, and the way I think it's going to work is, uh, you know, the the previous seasons, uh, the previous season regular season winner will host the following year for the conference tournament. Uh, so it's exciting to to get into that this year and and have that tournament in the fall of twenty four.
2: All right, let's go back uh, since we kind of talked about the schedule and the league. We'll talk about your expectations this year to, to wrap things up in a little bit. But let's go back to uh, the Finch Center. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, so let's get a little bit into detail. This is something that I know uh, uh, you've wanted. And this year, uh, as much as you can tell us right now, I know some stuff you want to kind of keep secret about <laughs> what, it, what it'll look like and for good reason you want the big reveal and surprise. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be volleyball this year. There's no more... You won't come in with half basketball markings, volleyball markings. It's going to be volleyball when you go over to the to the arena. Yeah, it,
1: it'll certainly scream volleyball and and it's going to be one solid surface, which is great, and it allows us to expand our playing and competition surface to now housing three full courts and then a separate setter's uh, practice net. Mm-hmm. And, and so to have three and a half courts really in a facility is almost unheard of in places. And, you know, that will allow us to do things in terms of positional groups, break things down differently, allow smaller groups of student athletes to work with coaches at a time, so many things. But visually I, I think the fan base is going to be excited. And you know, we'll have a kind of a reveal on social media and looking forward to doing some time lapse videos and some things like that and some photo shoots. But uh, this this is really exciting times for the program and to be able to make that happen and you know partnering up with sports Sports Floors Inc. here that's a local mm-hmm. woman-owned business and, and having their assistance with this through the design process and then the install process is really uh, fabulous.
2: You, you've done some stuff you've been able to do some stuff over the last several years to kind of dress it up put a little branding in. I imagine that's all kind of included here whether it's this year or the next couple of years I know I know you'd like to get that video board and if anyone listening wants to make the big donation of course uh, you're open to it call the the uh the fundraising department here for that donation, I'm sure you can get your name on the uh, video board. But I'm yeah. sure branding and everything on the walls and the ceiling, stuff like that, is, is part of the revamp as well.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I think people are going to see some pretty cool things as they come in. Uh, the video board is one of our next projects along with permanent seating. And, you know, I think once you complete those two pro- projects, you have... Truly, a top ten facility in the nation, and you know that's something that we'll continue to to work for and uh, to really finalize. But throughout the other parts that maybe the fan base doesn't see, but you know our our team on a day to day basis and recruits, you know that's consistently and going through kind of revamp and and uh, upgrades to that as well. So uh, it, it's some special times here, and it's it's exciting times.
2: You got to be excited too, just for for camps. I mean, we we talk about training for the team and game day, but when you hold the camp, it's pretty exciting. You don't ever know what future Tiger is going to be at that camp that may be wowed at a young age by the arena they come into.
1: Yeah, and the unfortunate part with this uh, renovation that we're in right now is we had to put camps on hold for this summer. Um, We'll be back to them next summer, though, and, you know, to be able to welcome in people from the community, out of state, you know, wherever they're coming from, to see this is is awesome, and, you know, I, I think... Camps give you a lot of things. It introduces people to volleyball that maybe have not played a lot. Gets the connection with our student athletes, and you know, really, they've they've built so much in in the community in the past couple of years. That's what I think one of the exciting things to see is, you know, how they relate to fans and uh, also young kids that are just interested in, in actually holding them as role
2: models. Yeah. All right, Coach. Uh, we, we've covered a lot of things, so let's talk about the uh, 2023 uh, season. Coming up, we've talked about your roster a little bit uh, and your schedule. What do you expect uh, out of your sixth season here? Well, you know, I I think – competition
1: out of the gate first and mm-hmm. foremost and that means not when we get to matches but competition within practice and we always talk about you know competing uh for your spot and what do you do and i mentioned this a lot to the team about building a resume and you know what you're doing on a day-to-day basis is building that big picture and you know who do you play well with and what combinations of players we've got a lot of new faces to look uh look at and integrate uh, but a lot of great core returners. You know, we mentioned Bailey and Lauren, and you know Tabitha coming back as an outside hitter as well. I mean, there's so many good returning pieces to you know be able to acclimate uh, the new players in with. Uh, that I think is exciting. Uh, the 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 tough part is you only get a limited amount of time for our first match, so we've got about uh, a whopping two weeks to kind of figure out all right what's the personnel look like and who plays well next to one another and then you know right out of the gate we're playing some some tough teams that first weekend at home but it's exciting because we're at home and at the end of the day to to be able to jump out in late august and be in front of our fan base uh, what an opportunity
2: all right coach it's always great catching up with you and i'm sure we'll catch up with you this fall awesome thank you so much
0: This has been Inside Memphis Athletics, the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding
1: has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Memphis Tigers Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note
0: than the car in front of her.